G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Tuesday, always good to get some insight and update on what's happening as news unfolds in Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter, back with us again today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thank you. Uh, Ron, before we get into the breaking news for today, there was an issue we were talking about last week with some discovery of archaeological evidence in the Red Sea that might have pointed to the uh, evidence for what we read in the Bible about uh, Moses leading the children of Israel across the Red Sea. Uh, there was some doubt about the, uh, the, uh, the value of that particular information we were talking about. Yeah, we found it was a hoax, Neil. Uh, as I researched the background of it, uh, I got it originally from what I considered to be a reliable source, uh, but it's uh, apparently raised its head uh, in the last four or five years on several occasions. Uh, so unfortunately, it was a hoax. Uh, it raised excitement, but it wasn't real, and I'm sorry for that. And that doesn't mean that the search for archaeological evidence in those areas ceases. And, uh, of course, there's plenty of other evidence that affirms the biblical account. Uh, Ron, let's get into some of today's headlines. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, wants to hold peace talks between Israel and the Palestinians. Yeah, very interesting. The Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, at a media conference in Egypt, said... Russian President Vladimir Putin told him he's ready to hold uh, direct talks between Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. Sisi said that the Israeli-Palestinian peace process is the key to stability in the region. Netanyahu, of course, has repeatedly said he is willing to meet Abbas anywhere, anytime for direct talks. At the same time, Israeli officials say that Palestinians must first mend the rift between Abbas's Fatah movement, which controls the West Bank, and Hamas, which rules the Gaza Strip, so that Palestinians can speak with one voice. Repeated efforts to do this over the past few years have failed, although both Fatah and Hamas say they will participate in municipal elections in October. There have been no substantive Israeli-Palestinian peace negotiations for years, and it's once again interesting to see how Russia seems to be jumping into areas that the United States has vacated. I get the feeling that the pointed finger is usually towards Israel when it comes to blockages to these sorts of negotiations. But when you've got people like the Palestinian Grand Mufti uh, claiming that every centimetre of Jerusalem is Islamic, uh, it comes to a, a different way of looking at the whole idea of who's to blame for blockages in the peace talks. Yes, and Neil, this is the key. Uh, this is where they'll never reach agreement. 
The Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Sheikh Mohammed Ahmed Hussein, at the weekend called on Palestinians to gather around the Al-Aqsa Mosque and protect it using whatever means possible. Hussein accused Israel of trying to cleanse out any expression of Arab and Islamic culture from Jerusalem. He said it's not just Al-Aqsa and its domes, which reflect the Islamic nature of the city, but each floor of the holy city, every remnant of the city, and every centimeter attest to the fact that this is an Arab and Islamic city whose roots lie deep in history and culture. Of course, he means Islamic culture. And that's the stumbling block over which the whole Middle East crisis uh, is underway. And there are incidents that are happening with regularity, Ron, on the borders of Israel with Syria and with Gaza. And uh, reports this week of attacks against Syria and Gaza after shelling. Even last night, the Israeli Air Force last night attacked a Syrian missile launch site connected with the Assad regime after a mortar fell on the Israeli side of the Golan Heights. The IDF said it views the Syrian regime as responsible for any attacks emanating from its territory and said it would not tolerate any violations of Israel's sovereignty or danger to Israeli citizens. Uh, the attack from Israel into Syria uh, landed in open land and no one was injured. There was no damage reported. But similar incidents have occurred in the past, since the civil war started in 2011, without significant flare-ups with Israel beyond the misfires. The incident comes just one day after rocket fire hit Israeli territory from the Gaza Strip, landing near the border town of Sterot. The IDF launched a series of airstrikes overnight at the coastal enclave, hitting dozens of terror targets in response. Uh, it's the way of life in the Middle East. And when you have these incidents, people tend to take sides and one side says what the other side is doing is terrorism and that side is considering what the other side is doing is also terrorism. But there's there's been a few sparks flying this week where the Egyptian foreign minister has sparked an Arab world uproar by declaring that Israel's not guilty of terror. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Egyptian Foreign Minister Sam Shukri said on Sunday that Israel's actions against Palestinians does not constitute terrorism, and uh, that got an angry response from Hamas spokesman who said Egypt's top diplomat is blind. Shukri's comments came during a question-and-answer session with students held at the Egyptian Foreign Ministry where he was asked why Palestinian children killed in the conflict with Israel were not considered victims of terrorism. He said, when looking at this issue, it can be defined as a regime of force. The Egyptian media quoted Shukri as saying, he said there was no evidence to link Israel to terrorist organizations. There is nothing that leads to that conclusion, he said. And of course, that caused uh, quite an uproar. Hassan Badran, a Hamas spokesman in Qatar, slammed the Egyptian foreign minister in Twitter, saying he, he who does not see the crimes of the Zionist occupation as terrorism is blind. Last month, Shukri became the first Egyptian foreign minister to visit Israel since 2007 in a visit that was kept secret from the public until the very last minute. 
And Ron, at the beginning of our conversation today, we were discussing that archaeological evidence that we mentioned last week. And from time to time, you'll find that there is spurious uh, foundations for some evidence archaeologically, but in one sense, the presence of the nation of Israel and what is there in that nation uh, is itself evidence for what we read about in the Bible, uh, Old Testament and New Testament, but there's a new archaeological discovery that reveals a synagogue uh, which confirms a whole lot of New Testament accounts. Yeah, there's been ruins of a first century synagogue in Israel that confirms the uh, accounts in the New Testament. Located near Mount Tabor in Nahal Tabor Nature Reserve in the Lower Galilee at a site called Tel Rakesh, the synagogue runs uh, dates back to the uh, time of the Second Temple period, which ended in AD 79 when the Romans attacked Jerusalem. Motti Avian, a senior researcher at the Kinneret Institute, for Galilean archaeology at the Kinneret College on the Sea of Galilee, explained in a statement the significance of the Tel Rekech excavation find. This is the first synagogue, he said, discovered in the rural part of the Galilee, and it confirms, and this is the guy speaking, it confirms historical information we have about the New Testament, which says that Jesus preached at synagogues in Galilean villages. And uh, this is very exciting because we've found the ruins of a synagogue where it's very likely Jesus actually preached. Haaretz, the magazine, noted that while there have been seven other synagogues from the Second Temple period discovered before, the one at Tel Rakesh is the first to be found in a rural instead of urban setting. Haaretz wrote, Instead, uh, inscriptions and historical sources show that the synagogues of the period were used for meetings, Torah readings and study rather than worship. They had neither Torah ark nor regular prayer services. One source mentioning synagogues is the New Testament, Haaretz wrote, which states that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues. The Tel Rekesh site is a very important place for Christians, they wrote. Well, Ron Ross, it's always an inspiration hearing the way you're able to bring together those headlines as they're breaking around the world and to be able to deliver those to us on a Tuesday morning, just outstanding. It's enlightening and informative and I want to appreciate you so much for your input today. Ron Ross, a Middle East reporter, thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.